Hello and welcome to the All Bets Are Off podcast. My name is Ryan and I'm your host. Before we get into it, I really wish to thank you for checking us out and giving us a listen. Obviously, if you are here and you're having difficulties with problem gambling, perhaps pre-recovery or you feel that you're at risk or just at a really low ebb, then please, please feel free to reach out. Trust me, there are plenty of people on your side, including I, along with my co-hosts Chris, Kelly and Kish. There are also many support groups available, including Gamcare and Gamblers Anonymous, among many, many others. We are all one big community, and so anyone who reaches out automatically becomes part of that family. There really is just so much support out there, so please don't suffer in silence. We're in it together. Keep the faith. Let's crack on with the pod. Welcome to another episode of the All Bets Are Off podcast. Today, I'm joined by the panel, Chris, Kelly and Kish. Later on, we shall be speaking to Tejas and Minal, two of the people behind the Recovery Me app. But first up today, we'll be chatting to the author of a new book called The Long Way Home. And uh, as per its description uh, on Amazon, this really is a book for anyone suffering with an addiction. It's a must read. It's only been out for around about a week now. Uh, Before all of that, Let's catch up with the team. Uh, Kelly, first up, you're back. How have you been diddling since we last spoke a couple of weeks back? Yeah, yeah, I've been very busy. Busy sort of doing bits to do with sort of gambling addiction and uh, publicity and stuff. Um, I've set up a ladies walking group local to me just to sort of keep myself active and going and sort of mental health in in check, um, which was quite positive, really. I'd set that up and within probably a couple of hours of setting that up, 50 ladies wanted to join the group. So... That'll be uh, all good fun after sort of lockdowns a bit more. Uh, restrictions have been lifted. Um, and then this morning, um, I was on Victoria Derbyshire looking at possible legislation that uh, for gambling addiction online, uh, gambling online. Um, so lowering the stakes to two pound, um, scrapping the VIP schemes, um, looking at banning TV advertising. So all really positive, really. Brilliant. Thanks, Kelly. And just for for our listeners, uh, we are recording on a Tuesday. So uh, Kelly was on on the BBC uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Kish, this is now your third appearance on the pod. Uh, I don't have a hat trick ball to give you or anything, I'm afraid. Uh, We're obviously uh, 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 on a strict budget here. Uh, How are you finding things and what did you make of the reaction from last week's show? Hey, Ryan. Um, Yeah, last week was another emotional episode. And yeah, it was two for two, wasn't it? And um, and the the response from the community has just been fantastic. It, it's really touching when someone goes out of their way to say thank you um, and, you know, tells us how they find, you know, the show useful to them or inspiring to everyone who has done that. Thank you. Cheers, Kish. And I'd just like to thank you for those brownies that you sent out in the post, uh, my man. Those were absolutely excellent uh, for those that uh, who, who won't know Kish sent brownies out to his fellow team members here at uh, All Bets Are Off so uh, and they were absolutely banging um, so if you've got any requests uh, send, <laughs> send them his way um, really appreciate that and uh, last but by no means least Chris uh, what are you saying how you been yeah hi Ryan hi everyone um, I've had a brilliant week actually you know really really good you know in addition to the podcast and kind of GA and AA commitments that I've got you know I've, I've gone out this weekend I've seen some friends and most importantly uh, we celebrated my daughter's sixth birthday which was absolutely wonderful um, but I guess echoing what um, Kish just said actually uh, the best and most humbling part of the week has been to receive numerous messages about how the podcast is helping people um, I've received messages from people who are new in recovery those 
further down the line and some family members as well so um I know all you guys have too, as, as, as just um, mentioned by Kish, but uh, for me, this is why we started the podcast. So, um, you know, we all said at the start, if we could help just one person, then it'll be worth it. And it seems like we've helped more than one. So that's really, really amazing. And I'm looking forward to doing today's show, um, see how quickly we can wrap it up or whether we manage to get some decent outtakes for later in the series. Cheers, Ryan. Yeah, that remains to be seen. Uh, Tame, um, that's the crew. Uh, time to get on our first guest. As I alluded to at the top of the show, we've now been joined by the author of The Long Way Home. Uh, The book came out on Amazon last week. Now, I'm pretty sure the whole panel has already read it and I've even bought the paperback version to give as a birthday gift to someone. So they're probably listening to this. So uh, spoiler alert, I do apologise profusely. Uh, For legal reasons, we've had to conceal the true identity of the author. And so we're having to go with the pseudonym that he uses on the book too, uh, Benjamin Smile. Uh, Benjamin, thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Brilliant. Um, I've got to say this book of yours is ultra intense and very fast paced. It's a roller coaster of emotions and activities featuring yourself, someone living with multiple addictions, gambling, drink, drugs and sex all rolled into one. Uh, notwithstanding the notion that you alluded to in the book that Trouble seemed to follow you wherever you went. Can you give our listeners a rundown of the book in your own words? Yeah, sure, Ryan. Um, The book takes the reader from when I was a young boy of five years old all the way up to the age I'm at now, 44 years old. And without giving too much away, I went through some really terrible, uh, horrific experiences as a child, which um, probably um, stamped me for a paving of uh, a destined path to some very destructive ways, which is uh, what I found early on. Um, so um, I I got involved in some um, really bad uh, life choices, um, which led to me uh, getting addicted quickly to gambling, um, which then led on to drugs, uh, drink, um, sex, as you said, and also shoplifting. Uh, was a really massive part of my life um, to, to feed uh, that addiction as well. So, uh, in the long and short of it, I was uh, I was surrounded with many vices and urges uh, from day to day. Hi, Benjamin. Um, you've just told us there about some of the addictions that you suffered with. Um, so which would you say was the hardest to suppress or to beat? Um, yes, good question. Definitely in regards to the most consistent, um, the gambling is the hardest to suppress um, due to the fact that it's what I have been um, involved in for such a long time and it's something that you can do for longer periods of time compared to the others um, literally gambling is an is a an addiction that you can spend every second of every day um, involved in immersed in um, without having to take a break um, and if you relate that to other vices as, as deadly as those addictions are um, gambling is just something that if it wants to it will ne- it will not let you go um, and that's why for me it was it's it is the hardest one to abstain from um, out of all, all of the others hiya Benjamin it's uh, Chris here um, and before I get into asking my question um, I just wanted to say I've read the book and uh, 
it really is a great message of hope, you know, and I've taken a lot from it. So firstly, thanks for that. Um, secondly, I mean, I'm also um, cross addicted. So I, I, I kind of get that. I get what, you're, what you say through the book. I really can understand how you feel at times, even though our stories are very different. Um, I'm an addict and, you know, sometimes it's alcohol, sometimes it's gambling. And they're both really difficult for me to, to deal with. Your books help me a lot. Um, so, yeah, the question is, um, I kind of wanted to pick up on within your book, you describe your relationship and emotion towards gambling uh, so very poignantly and a way in that we as gambling addicts can empathise. Um, and I'm sure many of our listeners will, too. Um, so everything from the rush of adrenaline and the relief that that brings, even when you're losing. Um, but then the, the turmoil of emotions afterwards, that dread and that regret. Um, and you even said, and I quote, you're alone in all senses of the word. So for anyone who might be listening, who might be pre-recovery, um, that they might be suffering the same way or a similar way to what you did. Um, what advice would you give to them? Thanks, Chris. Um, yeah, very good question. Uh, the advice that I would give. So th there's a saying that is very true and that is what goes up must come down. And I live by that saying now because before I make decisions and before I take actions um, that may take me up, I have to think about what it feels like to be down and coming down. And um, just like anything um, that makes you feel good when you're up. Um, the way you feel when you're down is horrendous. And you use words there like dread. Uh, now, I would say that anyone that is listening pre-recovery knows exactly what I'm talking about, that feeling of dread, of having your head in your hands, not knowing where to turn to, what you're going to do next, who you're going to be able to search for for help, what lies you have to tell. Um, it's just horrendous. So my advice is before you make that decision, um, you have to realise that you are always going to come down. It's impossible to stay up forever. Um, and therefore, when you're gambling, um, yeah, the feeling of being um, alive and, and feeling great when you win or when you've just started um, or even when you're going through being evens is fine um, and it's great and you don't want it to end. But it does. Otherwise, um, there wouldn't be this podcast and there wouldn't be thousands and thousands of people throughout uh, the world in, in Games Anonymous rooms. So when it does, um, I don't think dread is even a strong enough word. It's the most disgusting, horrendous, um, cancerous feeling in, in the world. And um, I don't want to go through that again. So um, that's why when I get urges... Or I get faults. I remember where I was compared to where I am now. Hi there, Benjamin. It's Kish here. Um, in your book, you described a, a long period of suffering and you kept many things to yourself. Um, it's unimaginable to the majority of people to even try to comprehend the burden that you were carrying in your head for all that time. Um, regarding your addictions, what were the barriers or the stigmas that prevented you from reaching out for help much sooner? Without meaning to give too much away, later in the book, you're formally diagnosed with PTSD, um, OCD and general anxiety disorder. But until that point, there's little to no mention of any other help, none from your GP, for example. Did you ever speak to your doctor about what you were going through? Yeah, later on, um, towards the, the latter stages of my decline, I did speak to my GP. And although my GP is a very lovely person and uh, she tried to help as much as she could, 
Um, there's only so much uh, a, a GP can do before you need to go and, and search for uh, real experience and, and professional help. And um, you know what? I found that the UK mental health system as a whole um, was flawed, probably still is in, in certain aspects. And um, I actually felt worse when I'm searching for someone to help me, to guide me, to try and make me better um, and try and make myself better. And I'm, I'm just greeted with the wrong information, uh, a lack of empathy, a lack of understanding and, and a lot more. So I had some horrendous experiences with uh, the mental health system when it came to trying to get better. Um, yeah, growing up, uh, absolutely. When you're, when you're, uh, when you're a certain age and you're doing things that are different from most of your friends um, and you're acting in different ways, then uh, you feel different um, in a bad way and you feel strange and, um, but you just get on with it. So as a gambler, you know, your best friend is, is your mind. Um, that's as sick as it sounds. That, that is what you embrace towards your, your own thoughts, your own mind, um, you know, getting you into routines and telling you things that um, uh, that make you gamble and make yourself gamble. And then your worst enemy is your own mind as well. So you, you're pretty much um, just wrapped up in one horrid addiction uh, that is very hard to, to get out of. Um, and speaking to people is not something that you want to do. Um, especially when at different times you win and then it gives you that feeling of, of euphoria and feeling amazing and then you're like right well you know um, I'm back at it um, so yeah it, it's it's very hard to accept certain aspects um, the sex addiction again, again is, is harder for its own reasons you know uh, I had my first prostitute at 15 years old so to start telling people you know you're acting up in certain ways regarding that is not always uh, easy and it's very hard to tell people that you shoplift every day um, and that you get a buzz out of taking things and not paying for them. Um, and, you know, drink and drugs uh, is something that's kind of socially accepted as a young person growing up, isn't it? So uh, in that respect, you've got a lot of good company and therefore um, don't feel like you've got a problem because you're looking around and everyone's doing the same as you. So, yeah, it's a mix and match, really, depending on the addictions that you're speaking about, how I feel and, and how I, I deal with them. But ultimately... Um, there's only one way to deal with them and that's to just to um, accept that you've got them and that uh, you, you, you can't control them. Uh, and uh, Benjamin, after such a roller coaster of a journey, can you describe present day uh, how you're managing your addictions and how are Anna and the children? Yeah, it's a really good question, Ryan, and, and I'm glad you mentioned about handling addictions because I think it's really important for people to understand that my book is about hope. My story is about hope. And the one way to keep positive and to embrace hope is that uh, is not, not to overwhelm yourself. So, you know, the fact that I'm a cross addict, that I have various different addictions, that um, I, I, um, I learned to create around me and use for, for whatever I used them in my life. Um, if I started thinking to myself that I've been recovery for GA in terms of gambling anonymous and, and, and gambling, and then the same for alcohol with AA and the same for cocaine with CA, and I've got to do each one individually, and I, I'm going to overwhelm myself because they're not, they might be separate different vices um, and addictions, but the fact of the matter is it's my personality. I'm an addict 
So therefore, what I do is I just put them all into one category and I try and understand myself as a person. And if I understand myself as a person, then it's a bit like if you imagine a 10-pin bowling ball. If you do the perfect strike, it will knock all down the skittles at once. So that's what you do as a cross addict. You just try and get it right in the way you live your life, in the way that you cope with things, in the way you understand things. And then you don't separately have to deal with each one. They all deal with each other at the same time. And uh, lastly, Benjamin, just to reaffirm for our listeners, uh, where can people uh, buy your book? Yeah, um, so the book can be bought on Amazon um, and also Apple Store and some other online um, retailers. I think one's called Kobo. I'm not too sure about the other, but the majority of people um, will use Amazon. And um, the best thing to do is to go on Amazon and type in Benjamin Smile um, and my book, the long way home will come up. Um, if you type in the title of the book, then it will bring up some others probably uh, way before my one at the moment. So best thing to do is type in Benjamin Smile, the long way home will come up and you can purchase it on either Kindle or paperback. Um, and just to answer uh, what I didn't in my previous answer, in regards to my wife and my children, um, I'm very lucky because I've got them in my corner. I can communicate with my wife. Um, I can spend a lot of my time with my young children. Um, and it's really important for people to understand that one of the major um, things that go towards succeeding in recovery is how you use your time. Because when you're an addict, you use a lot of that time. Um, and when you stop, you've got a void and you have to fill that void. And that's why I'm very lucky because I can fill that void by having breakfast with my kids that are young. I can fill that void with taking them to the park and doing whatever. And obviously um, with my wife, I can go to, to nights out in the cinema, to restaurants, and I'm very lucky. So, you know, my respect goes out to people that face recovery um, in, in a more uh, lonely way where they haven't got the support or that, that, that support has left them because people haven't been able to understand or cope. Um, so, um, you know, I understand that that can be harder. So I'm grateful for, for what I've got. And that's another thing that you have to learn in recovery is to be grateful for what you have got um, and not really worry about the things that you haven't got. 100%. And uh, yeah, that was that was very powerful. Thank you, Benjamin. I know um, we touched upon a, a lot of the gambling with regards to the book. And, uh, you know, given our audience, I think that's the correct thing to do. But trust me when I say there is just so much more about this book. Um, on behalf of the All Bets Are Off uh, team today, I'd like to thank you for taking time out of your day to join us and talking through your book with us. Needless to say, um, you, know, you know, we've uh, just touched upon some of the detail that this book alludes to, but there was plenty more inside and we highly recommend it we will of course uh, link uh, the book on our podcast and uh, upload to all of our social media uh, uh, platforms and uh, for our listeners to purchase uh, it's now time for a quick break So here we are on a quick break. This is the part of the show in which I ask our listeners to go give us a follow over on Twitter. Our handle is at allbetsareoff underscore. You can also go and check out our website www.allbetsareoff.co.uk uh, which has much more information about the pod and the team behind it. Along with that there are also some useful links to various charities and support services in this particular sector. So now time for part two. 
Welcome back to part two of the All Bets Are Off podcast. The team have now been joined by Tejas and Minal of the Recovery Me app, an evidence-based mobile health application that delivers a program to support individuals who suffer from a gambling problem. Right now, I'm going to hand over to our resident tech expert, Kish, to lead with the questions. Thanks for that, Ryan. Um, so before we officially welcome on Tejas and Minal, I just wanted to add a bit more to the introduction. Um, the Recover Me app has been founded by some busy junior doctors who are some of the wonderful NHS heroes and are currently helping to fight the COVID pandemic. So Tejas and Manal, welcome onto the podcast. And could you tell us a little bit more about yourselves and what you are currently up to? Yeah, of course. So first of all, thank you so much for inviting us onto the podcast. I think it's doubly exciting for us because we're avid listeners and to speak about gambling addiction, increased awareness, awareness of um, the grave problem that it is, I think it's a doubly um, exciting opportunity for us. So I'm a junior doctor currently working in Kent, so in the Princess Royal University Hospital in Orpington. I'm currently working on a COVID ward, um, which deals with just treating COVID-19 patients at the moment. Thankfully, numbers are on a decline, and I think that's due to the sort of power of the, the British public by sort of showing the restraint of social distancing and it seems like, but say it quietly, but we're getting through the pandemic in terms of the people who are coming through the front door of the hospital. So I'm Minel. Um, thank you again for having us on. It's very exciting. It's our first podcast. Um, I'm also a junior doctor, but I'm based um, in Leicester at the moment, and I'm working in the mental health facility. Now I've been for about six months now. It's been really interesting to actually see the impact of COVID on mental health. Um, and a few of our patients have actually sort of discuss this further with us and we've noticed a slight spike in admissions because of it so yeah that's currently what we're doing uh we're both sort of recent graduates from the university of sheffield we spent five incredible years there um but we also had the opportunity to study a bse degree down at imperial college so we've sort of been around the country um, and that's how we're friends and that's why we're doing what we're doing um so just for our listeners i'm, I'm also an imperial uh, student so we're joined by uh, two Imperial alumni, which is really cool. Um, but getting straight into it, um, after all, this is a gambling recovery podcast. Uh, when did you first realise that gambling is a health issue? So gambling for us uh, became something that was put on our radar two different ways, really. One of which was through the exposure that we get through our medical placements. So I think we're quite fortunate as medical students to have the opportunity to talk to patients uh, very openly and understand their issues a little bit more than your sort of average doctor because we get a lot more time if I'm honest we get about 45 minutes sometimes and we're really able to understand the patient and I think through that process I was actually in um, a GP placement and I was sat opposite a gentleman who'd come in and he sort of spoke to me about where he was in his life and he was you know in a really difficult position and I didn't really understand it at first until he told me his story which I think he'd be happy for sort of for me to share. I'll keep all the de details anonymous. But he was sitting in front, you know, of a of a medical student. Had come to see his GP because he was really depressed. He was at the point where he was considering taking his own life. Um, his family, his friends, they weren't really speaking to him. His relationship had broken down, and he was struggling to hold down a job. And as a recent graduate from a university which is, you know, really credible. He was, you know, really disappointed. And we spoke and I tried to understand exactly how it was that he got here. And it was really, you know, it was really nice of him to, to actually sit down and explain to me that 
he'd been depressed for a number of years. He had a number of financial problems. And I sort of, you know, delved in a little bit deeper, you know, as you do when you're taking a history. And, and I asked why that was the case. And he basically said he started gambling at university. He was sort of betting a couple of pounds on the local football team. So that's Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and that had spiralled out of control. And this addiction basically taken over his own life. And he wasn't much older than myself. And when he sort of divulged to me the amount of debt he was in, I, you know, I sort of understood why he felt the way he did. And that's what really started the conversations amongst us as friends. And the other the other reason we were sort of um, made aware of this problem was through Adil. So Adil's another co-founder of the app. He lived with a gentleman who was suffering from a gambling addiction. And when we started having those conversations amongst the three of us, we sort of started to realise signs amongst people that we know and um, that we're you know, in touch with. And that's when he sort of divulged it to Adil. So we decided at that point that this was something that we really could explore, see what we could do, because very soon we were going to be junior doctors and people might be asking questions about how to deal with their gambling addiction. Thank you, for, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. Um, and I think those um, examples are particularly relevant and insightful because severe gambling harm appears to be most prevalent in younger people. In fact, it's 16 to 24 year olds that are three times more likely to suffer this most devastating form of harm than 55 to 64 year old um, people. Um, so um, as a tangent and something that I'm a strong believer in is the power of asking. Um, so it's quite common for doctors to routinely ask uh, patients if they smoke, consume alcohol or take recreational drugs. And if so, ask further questions such as how much. Um, so on that vein of thinking, do you think it would be useful uh, for doctors to include questions on gambling as part of a social history? Of course, I think that's a very pertinent question, actually. During medical school, we didn't have, we, there was no, nothing on the curriculum to mention gambling addiction. We've had many weeks and many, many weeks of um, lectures on different organs of the body, but not one hour on gambling addiction. And that was something that struck us. And we actually took this up with the University of Sheffield and sort of brought it to their attention, saying, um, it's a shame that gambling addiction is now becoming such a, such a problem in the UK, but I think it's very important that, that we start including it in the curriculum. We had stuff on smoking cessation and some um, and lectures on alcohol addiction as well, but there was nothing on gambling addiction. That's why I think, I think it is very important. We did some work in Sheffield with some GPs there, and they're doing some work at the moment to try and ask four basic questions to everyone to to try and highlight the risk of gambling addiction and, and, and to quantify sort of the risk they pose, not just to themselves, but to the family. And um, when screening for any mental health condition, I think it's important that um, a few questions are asked about gambling addiction, because like now touched on during her story, it was only because we had 30 minutes to speak to that chap to find, to find out the root causes of his depressive and anxiety symptoms. And it actually all stemmed from a gambling addiction which had never been explored before. And that, I think, is um, a prime example where, um, because these questions aren't asked, because it's something that's not really spoken about very much in the NHS, it's not something that's always at the tip of people's tongues, um, it often gets forgotten. And in the app, we talk about it as the hidden addiction. And um, unfortunately, it still is that because it's so isolating and many people um, don't know the support that's out there and that's why I think it's great that the podcast like these and there's a lot of work in the space at the moment to try and increase the awareness of gambling addiction but, uh, but I think and I'm, I'm hopeful that it's something that is um, now on people's radar 
Um, and in future years, I hope our junior doctors and our medical students will have much more um, time spent on gambling addiction. There's also these new clinics that are opening as well, and that gives medical students an opportunity to, to, to go and um, speak to, to those who are suffering from problematic gambling habits and to learn. There's one in Leeds, which I'm hoping Sheffield University will then partner with um, and then send students up there to learn about the disorder and the addiction and, and the, the, the grave and serious impact that it has. Thank you for that, too, Um I can really resonate with some of... Uh... What, what, you, what you were saying actually because um it's, it's been four years of medicine for me and yeah there are still two years left but the bulk of the teaching is done now and I have yet to come across gambling uh, be covered even for half an hour or an hour um, and yes um, yeah alcohol and tobacco are sort of uh, covered in in a briefer detail than perhaps uh, some of the heart conditions that you know you, you learn multiple times um but yeah, I, I, can, I can fully resonate and I, I do hope that um, things do improve for medical students and doctors and, and that they do start to cover gambling in more detail. On a reflection note, I, th- I do think that Imperial are looking to cover gambling um, in future years, although I'm not too sure on the details as of yet. So we spoke for the first time a couple of weeks ago and you told me that um, you had spent some time learning from psychologists, psychiatrists, and perhaps most importantly from individuals suffering from gambling harm. Can we now explore what you have learned from those discussions? So, yeah, so I think we've been really sort of lucky in the sense of the amount of people that have been so supportive of what we are doing. Um, I think, like you mentioned, the key to, to developing something that will genuinely have a good benefit and a benefit that's recognised by the users is to develop it with their perceptions in mind right from the get-go. So um, the first thing that we decided to do was to develop our content, to develop what we thought an app should look like, and then essentially um, form an advisory group. So this advisory group was comprised of a few problem gamblers um, based up in the north. So gamblers who were struggling with their addiction, uh, but really supportive and wanting to make a change for themselves as well. and some of them who had actually been quite successful in doing that. So they decided that they'd be really on board. And essentially what we did was we conducted a number of interviews. So these individuals had free reign over the app. They were able to look at the content. They were, look at, uh, they were able to look at the user journey and then sort of form some perceptions and opinions about what they saw. What was really great to hear was that all like 100% of people who used the app and saw the app would have would have used something like this and and that was what really inspired us to keep going with what we were doing and like you said it has been quite difficult you know doing the job that we're doing with this but having that sort of feedback meant everything um but we did go back to the drawing board so we redesigned the app uh, so we made sure the user journey was uh, exactly what the users wanted, as easy to use as possible, uh, as user friendly. And then we looked back at the content and we, we realised that there were some words in there that would trigger individuals. There were some areas that weren't fully explored and some areas that weren't beneficial at all. So we iterated the programme um, and we actually developed a whole new session um, on the basis of some of the feedback that we got. because. What we came to understand was that emotions form a massive part of this addiction, something that we didn't realise prior to actually speaking to individuals. 
So emotions can be really powerful and we realise that. So that's why we developed this session to sort of understand an emotion and better manage it because we feel like that can be a massive factor in gambling, you know, or not gambling. Um, we also looked to work with psychologists. So there were psychologists that looked through our programme to ensure that the principles of CBT were there and they were sort of um, consistent throughout. Uh, and when we originally sort of developed the product, we actually approached Dr. Henrietta Bowden-Jones down in London because she's such a sort of uh, incredible uh, person in the field. She's done so much. Um, she's, you know, achieved a lot for gambling addiction and her feedback was really positive. She, she, you know, she even mentioned potentially working with us in the future, which was really exciting for us. Um, so, yeah, so we, we've been really grateful for all the support we've got from a variety of you know, individuals, but probably the biggest thing was individuals who were suffering from the gambling addiction wanting to be part of this project. Yeah, thanks for that, Manal. So it seems like uh, your solution has been really driven by the problems that you've uh, encountered through the lives of um, people suffering from gambling harm. Um, and now moving on to the solution that you've been creating. From what I understand, the Recovery Me app is very much based on how cognitive behavioural therapy or CBT for short, is currently applied in the context of gambling addiction treatment in the NHS gambling clinics. And some statistics from the National Treatment Centre show that 80% of those who received this CBT treatment were free from gambling after completing the treatment. So um, could you explain how this works in the Recovery Me app and what are some of the features of the app? Of course. So cognitive behavioural therapy, or in short, like you said, Kishan, CBT, is a therapy that, that works by um, playing on the fact that your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings and your actions are all interconnected. And that's what leads to someone gambling. So if we take an example um, of someone who may gamble, it may be someone who's feeling very stressed because of his job at work. And on his way home, he, he takes the bus and drives past um, a betting shop. When he passes the betting shop, he gets a a cognitive distortion about how he may have how he may have a, uh, a competitive advantage over um, the gambling operator because his um, football knowledge he, he may think is is much better than the average Joe out there. So what cognitive behavioural therapy would do it, it was it will identify that stress is one of the reasons why um, somebody could turn to gambling, um, and if that is identified, it will then help the user reflect on that and then provide strategies to help manage that stress in other ways apart from gambling. In that example, the trigger would be somebody who drives past the betting shop every day. And what the therapy would suggest is maybe consider taking a different way home or not having any cash in your pocket on the way home to make sure that you can't stop at that betting shop to gamble. And then the third thing would be tackling their cognitive distortion. So many people out there who gamble are found to have a predominant cognitive distortion about their own ability to gamble. And what the app will do, it will run through some common cognitive distortions that people suffer from and then tackle each of those individually to help somebody um, overcome it and provide strategies to, to think about all the cognitive distortions that they may be suffering from to help overcome them. Um, coupled with that, the, sort of this, the, the cognitive behavioural therapy is delivered in, in six sessions and it's the world's first mobile health application actually that that empowers users or give them, gives them the tools to then um, overcome a gambling addiction. Um, in terms of the other features of the app, there's mindfulness coupled with the cognitive behavioural therapy. Mindfulness coupled with CBT has been shown to be a positive predictor in helping people overcome a gambling addiction. And it works mainly by helping users manage their urges to gamble. 
it helps them focus on the present and not worry about sort of past concerns or ongoing things in their life. A common theme throughout the app is support. Um, and support, again, is shown to be a key um, positive indicator in those who uh, are able to stop gambling. So very on, we, we try to get the user to tell a loved one about their gambling addiction. Now, I'm under no illusion, this is a very difficult step to take, but it's one of the most important because if you're able to tell somebody and share that story, you've got two of you now helping yourself through that addiction rather than just you struggling um, alone. And that's why um, support is sort of a common theme throughout it. And obviously, gambling has many other issues, not just on money. There's things like relationship breakdown, there's, there's homelessness, there's financial concerns, there's the mental health um, worries as well. And all of that is covered in the app to help people find the support that they need. Not just, it's not an app that has all the answers, but it does help them people who are going through a difficult time and signpost them even to places that may, may benefit them. When we did our research up in Sheffield, um, a key thing that came out of it was people wanted immediate support to help overcome their gambling addiction. And the example that I remember the most was somebody who was gambling at three o'clock in the morning. And he said at that time, I've got access to nobody. And the power of your mobile app is that it can provide me with immediate access to help. And that actually um, inspired us to create something that we call the SOS tab. And what that does is that provides users with immediate access to help to manage urges to gamble and to manage lapses. Um, what we mean what we mean by a lapse is if someone's had a few days gamble free um, and then they start gambling again, it helps them through a structured approach to overcome that lapse and to, to prevent it from being a full-blown relapse. Um, the fifth section of the app, which is a very important one, it is a diary as well. And that's, again, a key feature of cognitive behavioral therapy. And it's just that feedback that the user gets from understanding that they haven't gambled that day. Um, in the future, what we hope to do with the diary is have a feature on it that um, if someone does gamble, it just gets a bit more information about why they did gamble and it helps the user reflect and it gives us some more information too. We hope to power that with or partner that with machine learning technology and predict when a user is most likely to gamble and then intervene even before they have done so. And that's sort of the, the, the five different aspects of the app. So it's the cognitive behavioral therapy, the mindfulness, the diary, the support section and the access to immediate help. Thanks for that, Chijus. I'm really excited for the app now. Sounds like it's, a, it's almost a whole package. And as you rightly mentioned, it's it's not everything, um, but it is sort of groundbreaking, at least to me. And I, I'm sure a few listeners out there will, will also feel the same if they happen to use the app at one point. Um, so for our listeners who may still not be familiar with uh, CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy, um, it's also used in uh, other health issues and has been shown to be highly effective in a plethora of different use cases. Um, could we now talk about how similar or different the mechanism of gambling addiction is to other addictions such as tobacco, alcohol and recreational drugs? Um, so simply, does gambling addiction affect the same part of the brain? Yes, that's a very good question. It's something we touch on in our therapy in session one, because during our research, what we found out is people asked, why me? Why is it I who is suffering from a gambling addiction? What, what's the science behind it? And the conversations we were having with them is, look, you're, you're, you're almost certainly predisposed to gambling addiction in the way that your brain is wired. And the other half of it is the environment that you're in. And it's the classical um, 
sort of genetic versus an environmental component. And in terms of the actual science behind it, um, when you gamble, it releases a chemical called dopamine. And that is the same mechanism that, that happens in every addiction out there that, that we know about. So if you smoke a cigarette, it releases some dopamine. And then that dopamine release, um, the dopamine release that you get is then what the brain craves over and over again. And it's that same thing that draws you to, to another cigarette time after time. And it's the same thing that happens with gambling. Um, with gambling, what happens is that there's, there's a section of the brain called the amygdala, and that releases dopamine. The, the dopamine then communicates with another part of the brain called the hippocampus. And the hippocampus is very important in forming and storing memories. So when you do gamble, that feeling is then coupled with, with, with the memory in the brain, which is stored in the hippocampus about where you gambled, who you gambled with. And these are things that are noted in the therapy as triggers. And it's those that then when you're in those sim when you're in those similar places, the, the dopamine triggers start start kicking off. Um, there's also another important neurotransmitter involved, and that's called serotonin. And when serotonin increases, again, that makes you feel happy. And when the levels of this go down, that can lead to less pleasure. Um, the, the thing with the brain is it, it builds up tolerance very quickly. So as I'm sure gamblers will be able to resonate with on this podcast, is that you will need to bet more to, to be able to have the same level of dopamine knocking about in, in the brain to have the same amount of pleasure. Um, and that's the reason because the body gets used to a set level of dopamine and then for it to increase you need higher 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 bets you need to bet more frequently and, and it's all of that that then leads to people having these problematic gambling habits wow um thank you for that Tejas. um really appreciate that so earlier you mentioned that there are quite a few different functionalities of the app based on your independent research and the discussions that you've held with different experts can we explore why gambling harm often requires a comprehensive range of support and treatment options so um, in terms of the different functionalities of the app, Tejas has sort of walked you through the different components. Um, and I think they're all really important in achieving the outcome, which is to be gamble free. So the CBT is the therapy. It provides you with the principles to, to empower you, basically, to change the way you think, feel and behave. That is at the crux of this sort of talking therapy. And it is really effective at doing that. But at the same time, you know, we need to provide the user with as many tools as possible to gain that self-awareness. And I think that comes in the form of the self-monitoring diary. We want to be able to say, look, you can take this into your own hands. Let's monitor your gambling habits. Let's look at how making changes to this can then um, provide you with some progress. Then let's reflect on that progress. So, you know, it's not just a monetary sort of how much have you spent, you where have you spent it, all that sort of thing. It's how did you feel today? Did that prompt you to gamble? Okay, it will if you've been sad for the past three weeks and that's been contributing to to why you've gambled, we need to look at this in more detail. And like Tejas was saying, in the future, what we want to do is look at that data and say, okay, we can provide you with strategies specific to that mood state, for example. That's not something we can do right now, but it'd be amazing to be able to do that, to be personalizing that part of the app for the individual. But at its crux, I think it's that self-awareness aspect. The mindfulness is really good as well. Um, I think, you know, I, I practice mindfulness nowadays with apps like Headspace, for example. It's really easy to do. And it just achieves that sort of 
state of calm, you're able to concentrate on the present moment. And I think for gamblers, that can be really beneficial. It can be beneficial for anyone, actually. Like You don't have to worry about what's coming up. You don't have to worry about what's happened. You can just look at what's happening now. And what we found as well through the mindfulness, we can look into sort of the physical manifestations of what gambling can do to you. So, you know, if you're stressed, if you're anxious, you can be exhibiting that through your bodily functions. You know, you can be sweating, you can be tapping your leg, you can be really restless but sort of taking that out the picture and just focusing on exactly how you feel in that moment and that sort of self-awareness of your body of your mind I think is really important um and then the other thing like T just was touching on the SOS tab so that's quite unique to what we do um what we want to do is provide gamblers with acute management and that's something that we feel is really important and not something that's done as well as it could be that's not to say that we're doing it perfectly, but what we thought would be quite beneficial is providing users with a logical sequence of steps to deal with acute you know, stages. We're trying to normalize the fact with any addiction, you're going to relapse, you know, you're going to have urges, and that's okay. Um, you can't beat yourself up about that. What, what we need to do is provide strategies to be able to, to incorporate that as part of your journey and to move past it. Um, and that's a natural process. So we think that's, you know, a really useful tool. Other things that already exist are the National Gambling Helpline, which is really useful. And we've seen that work for individuals. And that's really good to just communicate. And the last thing, like he just said, was the support tab. So we think it's really beneficial to be able to share your struggles with someone to provide them with some insight on how you're feeling. And we think those sort of conversations can be sort of encouraged. We're not saying that's the right thing for everyone, though, and that's why it's just a tab. So it's for individuals who think they need something like that and they need that extra push. So in a nutshell, <laughs> those are a few of the things that we do deliver. But the idea being that all of those tabs will be utilised by different people at different times um, to different degrees, essentially. And what we're trying to do is understand the users even better to see if there's more that we could either add or take away. Thank you for that, Minal. Um, I'm sure that this app is going to be groundbreaking, um, as I've already mentioned, um, in helping people get support at their fingertips. With that in mind, when will this app be available for users? And is it for iOS and Android or one or the other? So the app will be ready around August time. Given the circumstances, it's a little later than anticipated, but we are really excited about it. It should be available on iOS and Android. And in the meantime, we have developed our website, which sort of gives you a bit of a snippet of what we're offering, what you know might be useful to individuals, and we're really open to feedback. So it's www.recovermeapp.co.uk. Uh, feel free to check it out and yeah, let us know what you think. Thank you, Tejas and Minal, for coming on the show. And I, I realize that you're both very busy with all that's going on with the app and and especially because of the uh, COVID pandemic and how that's affecting your day to day. And I realize that both of you have been on, on calls uh, quite a lot and I hope you're getting enough sleep. And yeah, it's, it's just been a pleasure to have you on and um, I, I look forward to seeing what comes out when, when the app is out. Yeah, thank you for that, uh, Tejas and Manal, uh, along with Kish, obviously, for leading with the questions. It was a pleasure in having you both on today and finding out much more about the Recovery Me app. Um, I'm sure our listeners will have appreciated uh, a much more in-depth discussion surrounding the app itself on a personal level, uh, just by listening. Um, you know, I've learned so much more about my gambling addiction and 
and uh, you know it's certainly helped me understand many of my past behaviors uh, just just by listening to the both of you uh, i'll be sure to check out the app once it's available um, as i'm sure many of our listeners will and we will of course tweet out your web address as well after this short interlude we'll have a short wrap up with the panel Well, that wraps up the show for today. A bit of a different one to what we've had before. Uh, let's get your thoughts on all we've heard today. I think, you know, it's a very interesting um, pod today. And, you know, Benjamin's book, I've not yet read. I will I will buy that and I will read that. Um, but from obviously what you guys were saying, it's a very interesting read. Um, and he speaks, you know, a lot of truths about uh, is it gambling addiction, but also cross addiction. And the research, again, that we've just heard, very, very interesting, you know, with CBT and, and the app. I think that'll be quite positive for people. Um, so a very, very interesting show overall. Yeah, and for me, it's been an amazing show, actually. Um, I love the idea of the app. I certainly sat there at three in the morning needing help and couldn't get it. So for me, that, you know, that really stood out. I, thought, I think that's amazing. Um, and yeah, the book, Benjamin Smiles book, it's fantastic. I can't recommend it enough. I've read it once and I'm reading it again now um really really interesting for somebody of a cross addiction like me wow it's powerful and it's a real story of hope well yeah starting with the book um Benjamin's book it's it was a very powerful read uh, um yeah so starting with Benjamin's book I, I thought it was a very powerful and insightful read and just reading it from the beginning I, I just thought the honesty there was so um empowering for possibly for you know people who live normal lives but also uh, probably more so people who have uh, demons or addictions and and um, I, I guess it really goes to show um, like recovery and uh, is possible and hope is possible even though um, you know at many times it, it just doesn't seem like it and and yeah as Benjamin put it you're not alone um, yeah and going on to the app it's something that I've been you know thinking about or talking about for a while um, I've, I've said privately to the co-founders that if if I could be anywhere else, it'd be you know them themselves. I'd love to be uh, sort of uh, running that app and sort of creating it. I think I think it's very much uh, needed. So I'm looking forward to that. Brilliant. Thanks. Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, great, great book. Obviously, we can comment on that. And I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic uh, application uh, once Recovery Me is made available. Uh, please stick around for our Hero of the Episode feature. Next week, we've got two very exciting guests lined up as we divulge a little deeper into children's relationship with gambling and how we can go about protecting our future generation. See you next week. Today's hero of the episode is the late Willie Fawn. Yesterday, Wednesday the 17th of June, Willie passed away at the age of 66 following a battle with leukemia. Willie peaked at number seven in the world in the 1980s and 90s. Uh, the snooker legend often had uh, come forth and spoken about his gambling addiction. His first autobiography titled Double or Quits and his second taking a punt on my life. He is certainly someone that we would have loved to have appeared on the show had we ever had the opportunity to do so. Our thoughts, prayers and condolences are with Willie's family and friends at this very difficult time. Rest in peace.